Mother's Day to all the moms here. Can we get a hand for our moms here? Some of your moms are clapping as well because you're clapping, you're clapping for your mom, and we know you're sweet already, but we have something sweet for you in the back, some nice little decadent cupcakes on the way out, and so if your mom, make sure you take your cupcake, and you could share your cupcake. You're like, I don't eat sugar. I'll give it away. That's what moms do. They just give stuff away. And if you, if you, if you don't want to do that, it's all your cupcake. There should be no, you know, mangy little fingers or any other people wanting any of it, okay? So it's, it's all yours today. Also, if you're going, oh, my gosh, it's Mother's Day. I didn't get my mom something. That is not something for you to take and give to your mom, okay? Go to the store today, okay? Call her. Get a card. There's something open that you can do that on your own. But just as you watch in the video, if you are new with us, we want to take a moment and just thank you for being a part. I, my, my name is Dan Sears, the pastor here, so we'd love, to, we'd love to connect with, as mentioned already, so let us know how we can do that. But one of the things that we do and kind of a, get involved a little bit more here at North Bay is we gather, and we haven't done a lot since the pandemic, but now we're getting back and able to do some cool things again. And one of those things is our family gathering. And so we have coming up a week from tomorrow on the 16th of May at 6 p.m. We are going to have a gathering, what we call our, our spring family gathering. And it's an opportunity for us as a church family. So you might be here and you're like, you're kind of checking things out and you're, this might not be for you. And that's okay. Feel no pressure to come. But if you're, you're here and you, you kind of go, no, you know what? I, I want to know a little bit more of what's really going on in the life of the church that's beyond Sunday. Because Sunday we, we put on our best, right? We, 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 we get it all, kind of have a little service and we go on. But, but church is not just a church service. Church is us. And what, what is God doing in and through the life of the church is throughout the week. And so you'll have an opportunity to hear and celebrate what, what, what Jesus is doing in the hearts of people, stories of transformation, opportunities for even for you to share with others what God's doing. We're going to hear from different ministry leaders and small group leaders and, and, and then and this hear a little bit more actually of the vision of where we're going. You know, in those last couple of years, and it'll tie in a little bit with my, our message series, but we've just kind of hunkered down and survived, right? But that's not what God's called us to. God's called us to thrive. God's called us into to, to the greater work that he's wanting to do as a church and into our community. So we hope that you can just come and be a part of that. Uh, and and, and it, really, it's for the, for the entire family. And so we're going to have a potluck. You ever heard of a potlucks before? You know, you know, can we do that now? I think we can. Why not? And so you know you're going to get to the endemic if you're sharing, you know, potato salad spoons and stuff. Okay, so... Um, I don't know what that's going to look like. But all that is to say, we get to eat together, so bring something uh, to share with that. Um, if you maybe you're not feeling comfortable sharing a meal together, and I get that for some, just come about 6.45 or so. You can kind of show up, and we'll get into the rest of the evening to be a part of it. I really hope you can make it a priority to be here. I know you're busy people. I know you have different schedules and different activities going on. But these are only just a couple times in a year that the church, as we come together like this, and a unique time. And I, I want you to know, as we look forward into the future, I'd invite you to be praying with me and with us together. Uh, this last week, we just launched out a, a, a job opportunity here in our church, a ministry role. It's called the Next Gen Director. Uh, it is something that we have been in need of filling for, for many months now. I, I love the, the guys that served in these roles before, but we're actually looking for a full-time person that would move into a director role, but eventually possibly could be moving into, a person could be moving in a pastoral role. And so they, they would be overseeing kids, 
youth and also adult discipleship. And so if you know anyone that has a pastoral calling, send them my way. There's, there's, you could, they can go to our website to look at all that over. I, we are interviewing a couple people already. So could you be in prayer about that and that we'd be discerning, say, God, who is the next person that can come and partner with us as we go along? And, you know, we're, we're, we're looking for someone that I, I would say that, that someone could help us kind of reach our younger generation. As, as much as I love everybody here, we're all getting older, okay? And that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I love, I, I love everybody here, and we're getting older. But how about can we pray that we be, as we get older, we can kind of get younger at the same time as a church? We want to reach all generations. And so I'd love to fill these rows again with young people. I'd love to see young, more young families coming. And that's been very devastating, the pandemic. Just, Families are scattered all over. We really want to see and reach our entire community. So if you could be praying with that, God would lead us to that right person and the, the right timing for that. Well, um, you know, th this will tie into what we'll be talking about today, but I want to talk about my mom for a moment. And it just fits into kind of the, the culture even that we're kind of experiencing even currently. Uh, my mom, she was, she was born if it was in June 3rd, 1936, by the way, her name is June, so, and, and the reason they named her June, she was, she was just one of ten children, so you kind of run out of names, and like, oh, you're born in June, we'll call you June, okay, and so she has a, no, I'll say something cheesy, I won't, uh, but uh, yeah, there's no, there's no sister named February, okay, anything like that, but uh, that's dumb, um, but, but basically my mom was born, she doesn't really remember the Great Depression, but she, but she was shaped by it. And in one of ten children, she lived in the, the metropolis of Sumas, Washington. Has anybody heard of Sumas, where that's at? Is anybody here from Sumas? Okay, so you know. You know. It's, it's a thriving metropolis there in Sumas. And, of course, you know, they've had, they went through such devastation in the floods last year. So, you know, not too far in, in our county, but she, they, one of ten children, you know, think about this, you know, Great Depression, all that. So they lived with a, just kind of a mentality of scarcity. And so some of you maybe have experienced that, or you have parents and grandparents have experienced that. And so when you talk to them, they saved everything back then, because you didn't have a whole lot. So whatever you had, you, you hung on to. And my mom, whatever, whatever trash someone had was her treasure. Do you know anybody like this? Like, she literally had a bumper sticker that says, you know, stop at every garage sale, okay? My mom would, like, as a kid, I'm like, oh, no, not a garage sale, you know, and drag in there. And, and then, you know, Danny, here's some, here's a quarter, buy yourself something, you know? Everything was a quarter back then. And, and then, you, you know, we bring all this stuff home and all this junk, and it's like, Mom, what are you going to do with this? Oh, we're going to switch things out and take, you know, so she, whatever garage sale item she had before, she switched out with a new garage sale. And then what are you going to do with this stuff you have? Well, we'll have a yard sale. I'm like, I don't think this is working. Like, it's just kind of a, it's just kind of going in circles, you know. And then, and then, uh, you know, she would go, you know, you go, and I think she had, I'm not, you might beat me on this and your mom, but she had the world's largest uh, uh, empty Cool Whip container collection. Okay, do you know anybody like this? Don't point fingers, okay? I, and, I, it, and I tell you, you know, we knew there could become a day when we would have 50 extra bowls of chili left over. We're good. Like, we could fill all these bowls of chili and, you know, put them in the freezer, okay? That was my mom. And then, and then you know, whatever was a, whatever was a, she could, you know, we consider an expiration date, she considered it a suggestion date. Okay. 
Like, I'm looking at the, you know, I remember our kids are little, and, and I don't know if Camille remembers this, but Grandma's table, and I'm looking at the, the dressing bottle, like, you know, it's, we're in, like, the 2000s, and it's 1990-something, you know, it's just like, Mom, this is expired. And then she says to me, goes, oh, you're so uppity-up, and, and, and what your expiration dates. I'm like, Mom, I just don't, I, I just don't want my kids to have botulism, okay? It became a moment there that, that happened, so... All that to say about my mom, she, she might have been a little cheap, she might have been a little frugal, but she wasn't really, uh, maybe for herself, but not for others. My mom, in, in some ways, out of, out of fault, would give away so much. So even the yard sale items, she would give away. Someone's trying to start a house or do something. She's so much a part of that. In her, and yet, I, and, and she grew up in this mentality, this generation of scarcity. Now, I think the last couple of years have felt like a new generation of scarcity. And that happens in everything. It happens in war, war times. It happens in all that. And it doesn't mean that necessarily was a bad thing in the sense you had to make what you had to make and get through what you had to get through. And I'm not saying we're through and everything's great and rosy. No, Lord, the, the world is very different right now, and I, I understand that. I, I want to be open to that and, and recognizing that. But we've gone through these last couple of years of scarcity. I mean, the first sign of the pandemic was, there was we're, we're chasing down toilet paper, okay? That was the first sign, like, whole if we only knew, right, what was going to happen next. And, you know, the supply chains and the workforce low and everything that's going on. And we, we feel it. And, and you feel it at the gas pump. I thought I did, you know, take a second mortgage out the other day when I filled my car. And, and this fear of form comes, and we feel it. And the reality is this, is that scarcity also sells. As much as there's truth to the reality, we also live in a world, marketers and news outlets and social influencers try to scare us. Fear drives agendas. It drives political agendas. It drives the, drives the market. It drives the, the, the products and everything to buy them. We all know we've clicked on something and then you're like, no, nah, I don't think I'm interested. And then all of a sudden you get a pop-up that says, act now and you really, this, there's only so many of these left. Right? And there's probably thousands of them, but they just want, you know, they drive that, that feeling of scarcity. And then on top of that, we all have our voice through our cell phone to communicate. And, and what happens is in scarcity, it drives people to the extremes and do the corners. When, it, when you do this, what happens? It brings division. And what happens then is there is isolation and separation. And, and, what, and scarcity at its worst makes us selfish and greedy. And it, it, it leads to a sense of hopelessness that's happened. This last week, another tragic week we had. A, a young girl seemed to have everything together on the outside, took her life just down the road in our, our Birch Bay State Park. I heard just recently, end of the week, of a, of a teacher taking her life, from, that she was a teacher up in, in Blaine, that she took her life, a, 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 a wife and a, and a, and a mother, he, hearing this this news. It's just what's going on. It's tragic. Scarcity. Scarcity, as much as a reality we face in our lives, it is not God's will for us, is it? We have an abundant God that we can trust in. And in this trusting, we can actually find, as we're going to talk about here, joy out of it. See, we're starting a brand new series is this, the, the joy of a generous life. How do we believe in an abundant God in a, in a society of scarcity? 
And I want, to, I want us to think about this, and, and for you, and this might relate with you, but it so relates with me. It so relates with me. This last week I was putting together, I never felt more of a message that I need to preach to myself than today. So everything that I'm sharing to you today, I'm not just putting on you, I'm putting on me going, I've got to work through this. This last week, I just, just saw different things falling apart in different areas and different things. And, and even just the last couple of years, it's been, and I really appreciate, we're all in different industries and different things we do. It is a unique, every industry through this last couple of years has unique challenges. And it has, honestly, it's been a very unique challenge for pastors. Right now, 40% of pastors are saying if, if they're looking to quit, not only the church that they're pastoring, to quit the ministry completely because of all that they've gone through. With all the political unrest, with all the things and all the emails and all the, all, the, all the friction and all the criticisms that happened where people that are no longer here had left because they didn't agree with whatever, right? And it's happened over and over. So you, that, that happens, and we're people, and everything happened. We, we, we find it. You're wondering, you're wondering, why is Chris the only one up on stage? Are we not, don't we believe in drums any longer, you know? It's like, oh, there's no help. There's no help right? So we pray, pray for that. Pray for those needs that are there. It's not just a band. It's, it's needs in our community. There's people that are needed, hurting. And, and so all that to say is like, we're, I'm feeling as well as whatever you're feeling with, but that's not God's will. I'm not to put it on my back. You're not to put it on your back, but here we are. What do we do with it? And we have a God. We have a God that's boundless and, 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 and is a, a meets our needs, as we're going to talk about, beyond everything, a God of abundance that we're going to turn to. But, it, but the pathway, it's kind of interesting, is this, is that, that it leads kind of through a pathway of, of generosity of our lives. It's hard to be in fear and to be, to be generous, isn't it? And yet what we find, there's something about those that we know and those we're around that there's joy on living a generous life. So how, how does joy and generosity fit together? I, I don't know about you, but I haven't, I haven't met, any, met many grumpy, generous people, right? Have you met anybody like that? Mostly I met grumpy, greedy people, and, and maybe they give, but they're kind of th- doing it out of their, you know, obligation, or, the, you know, like, but are they really being generous? Are they really, no, not, not really. They're just feeling obliga- obligated. Generous people come in all walks of life. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. I've met a lot of wealthy, generous people, and I've, lo- I've met a lot of wealthy, stingy people, too. I've, I've met a lot of people that didn't ho- have a whole lot, but they gave a whole lot. I'm like, you sure? Absolutely. And there's just a joy in their face. There's a calmness and a spring in their step. Now, I've seen people go through some mass hardship. And it doesn't matter if they, they go to church or they know the Bible or they, they, they give an offer. It, do, it doesn't matter. that What we find is there's something about them. There's a smile on their face. There's peace that they have. There's a security about them. Do you know people like this? I, I know a few. I can think of a few people. There's people I admire. There's people that I'm grateful for. Grateful not only because I've been a recipient of what they've given, but I want to be them. I want to be them. How can I, Lord, how can you use me? Like, well, I, I, I want, Lord, I want to get rid of this fear, this scarcity, this, this hanging on, and, and, and rather, rather than, than just letting go and finding this true joy. That's, that's what inspires me. And that, I hope that for us it would be as well. And it's not that you're not. Like, I'm not here to go, hey, it's not that you haven't had generous moments, right? You, if you were asked, are you a generous person? Like, ah, you know, sometimes. Sometimes I am. You know, you might be gave a dollar to a homeless person. You, you know, the neighbor's on vacation. You fed their, you fed their cat. 
right? You, you've done nice things for people. You smile at a stranger. Heck, you, you gave directions. One of you gave directions to a, a Canadian to get to Costco the other day. Good job, right? You help people, right? We do these things. And it's, it's not that we're trying to be stingy or greedy, but when, when we really have generous moments, are we really living a life of generosity? And so to help us with this, how do we, how do, we do this? I want to I leave us really in a, in a, in a place that, that there's, a, there's a greater surrendering of, of letting go. And, and, and a picture, word picture of this might be a little different for you, but in, in where, where we can go of actually living and experience the joy of a generous life, this, this, it's kind of a mix of history and maybe urban legend. Uh, the, the Gauls, okay, they were a tribal group of people in France and Belgium, and they, they, they spoke uh, Celtic, and they practiced Druid religion, okay? And so then when Christianity moved into the Western Europe, missionaries, who many of them lost their lives in trying to reach this group of people, over time, the, some of the Gauls came, became Christ followers, became Christians. And so when they went to baptize some of the, the Gaul warriors, right? You could just picture Braveheart, okay? You get, those are the kind of guys you're thinking of. They, they, were, they would baptize them, but what was interesting is they would they'd put them in the water, but they, the, guy, the guys would hold out one arm as they were being baptized. And over time, you're like, why, why one arm? Why are they doing it? They say, well, this is the arm we fight with. <laughs> we won't want to let go. This is where we hold our sword. This is where we hold our battle axe. They didn't want to get this arm wet. They wanted all their life baptized except for this arm. Now, I don't know about you. If you're planning and, you know, going Braveheart and pillaging Linden this week, or just, I don't know where you're going to, please don't do that. I love Linden because great bakery items. Okay, let's not mess that up. But here's the thing. I don't, I don't know if, you're, it's, if it's about carrying some kind of weapon to not give all the way, but I'm wondering, it could be a cell phone, it could be a remote control, it could be our own wallet, it could be somebody, we're holding back, we're, we're keeping one arm out of the water, we don't want to get wet, because we live in this culture that places value on things, in particular things that we find most value, and, and money is definitely can be one of those, you know, people say money doesn't buy happiness, some of us like to try that, just, just to test it a little bit, right, it sure helps. But we know, we know this already, that possessions and money can possess us. We know that. But yet we still want to keep that one arm out of the water. So here's the questions are, what are you holding back? What are you trying to keep dry? And really, how is that working for you? I'm going to tell you, the very thing that we grip tightly, you don't want to hear this, do you? The very thing that we grip tightly is the very thing that, that God wants. The very thing that that that, that we grip tightly is the very thing God wants us to surrender to him. Jesus says this way, he says this, the more important commandment is this, of all the things we should do, he says this, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. The second equally important is this, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And Jesus says this, he, he uses all here, course, we, we want to look up the Greek. What's the Greek? All. All means every bit of us, every second of us, every part of us, including the one arm that we're trying to keep dry. And, and in some ways, Jesus is saying in a nutshell, our hands, our, our body, soul, strength, are all connected to our heart. 
If we say we love all, are we willing and we love to give all our love to others, the greatest way we can do that, the act of that, is generosity. See, if you want to know someone's heart, just look at their hands, right? You know someone's hardworking by looking at their hands. My mom, she, you grab her hands. Her hands were tough hands. She did hairdressing. She was a beautician for 55 years. And so her hands sometimes got crippled a little bit. She never had to do carpal tunnel. I know a friend, uh, Roxanne, if you're watching now, you, you, I know you, and you've had to do that. You were a beautician in so many years. And, and they had the, the, look at their hands. Look at, look at them. Look at the, you look at the hardworking hands. But you can tell a lot about what people have in their hand by, the, when their heart, by connecting with their hand. And my heart and prayer is that, that we who claim to love God, and we, those of us claim to love others, to help them love God, that we would be generous with what we have. And here's, here's our theme throughout the next couple weeks is this, that open hands, open hearts. That open hands, open hearts. That when we open our hands, it opens hearts. It opens opportunity for us, our life of being generous. But what happens is that open hands, open hearts of other people around us. There's, you've, you've known this. You've heard this before. People don't care how much you know until they care about how much you care. They care about how much you care. They want to know, are you real? They want to know if you truly, what you say and you hold to and you have orthodox theology around. They, they care, in fact, they care diddly about that. What they care about is you care. Do you say you love God and do you really love others out of loving God? And so really what we're talking about, what's extended our hand is really first looking at our extension of our, our heart. And a great way to look at that this morning as we jump into this series is, is to look at a man, and we're going to turn to John, uh, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 10 this morning. A man who, in some ways, kept one arm out and held back, really, in following Jesus. Not to give away this story, but that's what happens. Look at verse 17. It says this, As Jesus started out in his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. And other Gospels, other angles of this, we find that the, the man was rich, he was young, and, will, and, and, and also probably had some power and influence. And, and most likely, as we look at it, is religious because the way he responds to Jesus. Successful person in society. So I don't know, would it be the Elon Musk of, of ancient Middle East? I'm not sure. But Scripture says he approached Jesus with a bold question. He said, good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life. It's a straightforward question, right? We all look at that question and go, that's a great question. I mean, if you're going to ask any question to Jesus and you had the one question, that would be like, how do I get to heaven? That's a great one, right? That's not, nothing wrong with that question. But no, and looking all of us has everything to do, this guy has everything to do, and Jesus I mean, he reads them like a book, right? He, could, he looks at the very motive of this guy's heart, and what he probably is sensing here, we can read into it, this guy's kind of buttering up to Jesus a bit. So this is Jesus' response. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. The young man shoots back. Verse 19, he says, well, you, you know the commands. Do not murder. 
Oh, no, I'm saying, Jesus says, you know the commands. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And Jesus lists these examples of religious rules or follow him. And then the, 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 the guy answers probably back. He's like, teacher, he declared, all these things I've kept since I was a boy. So what we find is that this, this guy's saying, hey, listen, um, I've been there, done that. I, I, I did everything, you know. I check all the boxes. And maybe you've done this before. Like, you know, I'm following the rule book. I, I'm the procedure manual. I filled out the form correctly. I followed all the procedures here. I'm done. I did it, right, Jesus? Now can I follow? I've done it to follow you? Well, here's the response back. It's, it's, it's very, I just love this. The powerful phrase that he, he, we could gloss over this, but look at what Jesus says. He says, Jesus looked at him. This is what it says. Jesus looked at him and loved him. He looked at him and loved him. What an amazing expression, isn't it? That here he's just filled with eyes of compassion. That the, the deeper meaning of looked at, it's look intently, examine his soul. He looked at him both the inside and, and outside of this man. Let me ask, when, when Jesus looks at you, what do you think he sees? What do you think he sees? I think that question has to do everything with how we were shaped in our world. They say in, in life, we've gone through drama, trauma, and mama in life. Somewhere in there, we've experienced it. Through our drama and our trauma and our mama and our daddy shapes us to who we are. So how you're shaped by that, you might look at God and God, Jesus looks at you with, with anger and disdain and judgment and shame. But that's not the heart of Jesus for you, and it was not the heart of Jesus for this man. He looked at him, what did he say? What did he say? And loved him with compassion and acceptance. That's how Jesus sees you and sees me. And when we look into the mirror, he sees, as he's seeing with us in the mirror, picture Jesus in the mirror with you, and you're like, see this, I see this, you're, you, I'm ex, you're accepted, you're loved, I, 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 you're infinitely valuable to me. Don't forget that. But Jesus comes in love, but a little bit of a form of tough love. Jesus look, loved him enough to speak truth to him. This is what he says, one thing you lack. He said, Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Here's this moment we read, and, and, and we're going, uh, that's not feeling a lot of grace-filled, you know, what Jesus, that's, that's, come on, really? Everything? Not just, you know, Everything, you know, even the, the last arm, yeah, everything, everything needs to go. Is that, that seems so extreme. But recognize this. What is he looking? Jesus is looking at his heart. He's looking closer. Jesus is almost like laser surgery. He's putting a finger right at the most sensitive part of this guy's soul, and he desires to do the same for us. Let me ask you this question as well. What is the one thing you lack? What is the one struggle? What is the one obstacle? What is the one thing you're holding out in the water trying to keep dry? Is it greed? Is it lust? Is it selfishness? Is it fear or some sort of sin? 
Is it something you're holding back? It might be mean unforgiveness towards someone. Whatever it might be, it's, it's, it's holding you back to be fully releasing it all to him. Open hands, what they do, they, they, they open hearts. See, this wealth was simply a symptom for this guy. It wasn't the source. It wasn't just the issue. It didn't matter if this guy was a millionaire or a migrant worker. It had everything to do with what he had was connected to his heart, what was in his hands connected to his heart. You probably know people that, that they seem to have everything and they, 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 they hold it on. And you're like, man, that person's greedy. And they, and they might well be. And you're like, they could give more. You, you kind of judge them. Like, they, they have so much. Why don't they do this? Why don't they help? You, you, you can judge them that. Or we know people that, that give, and you're like, they shouldn't be giving. Because <laughs> so who's going to help them, right? If we all sold everything, right, then we're all in need, right? But it's not about that. It's not about even the giving it away. It's this belief that everything we have is ours to keep only. And yet, the Bible says we don't own any of it. The earth is the Lord's and everything upon it. See, it was all intended for them, and that's what the missing for this man. I think one of the most misquote scriptures, right, is this, that money is the root of all evil. Have you heard that before? The money is root of all evil. It's not. The Love of money is the root of all evil. See, I believe what Jesus was challenging this young man, I, I, for us this morning is this, that the greatest way to loosen the grip of our greedy hearts is to get. The, to, to loosen the grip, to, to open our hands, to give anything, you, you gotta let, you gotta go. And it's hard in our doggy dog world. It's, it's hard in our, this, this tight gripping and attempt to stay in control. One of my, one of my favorite Authors and I just I can't get enough of Bob Goff. I love Bob and all his books and his podcasts. And so just find Bob Goff online this week. You'll love Bob Goff. He's such a whimsical guy and positive guy. And uh, and he seems like the real deal and everything he's sharing. And and one of the things that he talks about when he was a lawyer is that he would be in tense meetings and he noticed his hands would grip. Like you you know he's in a meeting maybe it's a, a deposition or you know court or whatever it is and he finds himself when he's talking he's gripping he's just he's trying to take control right trying to hold on so what he did he looked at his hands and he and he done this he goes I would even do it under a desk or a table and I would I would sit with my hands open as I'm listening to what was being presented as I'm presenting and he goes I found a release that was there I still held what I held I didn't let go of it but I didn't grip it any longer. And I think that you, what you find, and you could fact check if this is true, but I think there's something uh, physiologically that goes on that it's hard to grip life when, you, when you're open-handed. It's, there's something about that. I, I don't do yoga, I don't pretend to, but I don't see any death grip of yoga people, right? They're like, oh, there's, you know, it's, it's letting go, and it's there. I, I wonder if we all tried palms up this week. I wonder what that would look like in our life in a, in a practical way. I wonder if our heart rate would go down. I wonder if our blood pressure would go down. I wonder, I wonder if it would calm our voice a little bit more and, and maybe actually have the opportunity to, to connect with people more for palms up. But the challenge is to do that. The challenge is the letting go. So what we have to do, we have to believe in a God of abundance to do that. And that's where trust comes in. Trusting God. I, I love this scripture 
Man, if you need a memory verse scripture this week, how, take this one. I love Philippians. It says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God will not meet just some of your needs. He'll meet all your needs. You're thinking, well, I got a big, pretty big phone bill. God, you're going to have to pay that. Well, he, does, he works in his way and how he's going to do that. But he, if it's true, he meets all our needs. Our needs aren't going to be met in some way eventually in our lives. Why? Because he's rich. He's rich in of his glory through or in Christ Jesus. And so what that means is what God really needs, needs from you is you. That's what he, that's what he needs. It, 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 he needs every part of you, even the, the last holdout that you're hanging on to because this is connected to this. And that was the very issue for the man in Scripture. It says that, that this is the response, right? So Jesus challenged him. You can sell everything, come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Kind of remind us that wealth can bring happiness for a moment, but joy comes in a life of generosity. See, the tragic moment here is the man misgiving over his life to the very one that wanted to save him. He went away sad because he had great wealth. It but here, it wasn't the wealth itself. It was because his wealth was connected to his heart that led to the sadness and despair in his life. God owns it all and demonstrated it all in the greatest form of giving of all generosity. For God so loved the world that he, what? He gave his one and only son. Here's lastly is this. The greatest gift of generosity is ever, ever given was by God through the joy of Jesus. There's been no one more generous in the universe than God himself who gave not only just open-handed but opened arm, outstretched arms over the cross. I love Hebrews. It's filled with the abundance of God. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles to stop gripping our lives and our loves that we're holding, the sin that's so easily entangled, the things that we're holding on, the things like I said last week that I, I just kind of put on my back, somehow that I'm the savior of the world, that I'm trying to make this work and make it happen and force conversations and get people to do this and they don't, then I'm upset and then, and then, then, I'm, then I'm just kind of pissed off and, and, and all this is going on in a walk in a park where people are wondering, what's wrong with that guy? What's going on? You know that goes on in your life, too. You're like, where's it coming from? It's me grabbing on and gripping it on. And what I needed to do, and I did at that moment, I remember this release going, no, Lord, it is all, this is so entangled, Lord. I let go of my pride and my ego and my things that I'm, I'm the devices that I'm turning to to help me with it and my man-made thinking of how I was going to do it. And really this release now, it might be for you to stop the death grip and to let go. 
And when we do, what does it say? It says, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Here it is. For what? The joy set before him, enduring the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus expressed the ultimate joy through the ultimate suffering, the, exp- the, the most greatest expression of, of generosity, his very life. How do you know? Open hands, open heart. Open hands outstretched on a cross, opened hearts. I invite Chris to come as we wrap up this morning. Let me just give you the question here. Again, we're going to come back to this next week. I hope you can be with it. There's going to be progression where we're going here. But if we get all about being a generous person and doing it on our own, that's no different than this young rich guy just trying to do and do all the steps. No, it starts with here. Open hands, open hearts. And so here's the question. Who or what are you tight gripping today that you need to hold with open hands? What might that be that you need to release today? So we're going to practice today. And I hope this will be helpful for you throughout the week to, to do this. And again, don't, go, don't get weirded out that I'm teaching some, you know, metaphysical deal or whatever. This is just, we, there's something about posturing ourselves in the presence of God. We do that, right? Why do we kneel? Well, because we're, it's a sign of surrender, right? We're, we're kneeling and we're just like, God, I'm, I'm lesser, you're greater. I, I'm not going to stand in pride, you know? And so it's the same thing of opening your hands. I'm going to just invite your ear. Just put them in your lap today. If you could just put your hands, palms up. And as we do this today, I want you just to take a moment. We've got a couple minutes here. And I want you to, I kind of, I confessed a bunch of stuff. And so some of you are now, man, I need to pray for him. Well, I appreciate the prayer. People have. In fact, my quad group, we've got a great thing going. Guys have expressed prayer at needing prayer. I've been able to express prayer. And I, and, uh, and it's been good having people around us saying, man, I, I need some air cover here. So we need to do that with one another. But it starts with this moment of saying, God, I, I, gotta, I gotta let go. Physically, Lord, I, I place my hands open to you. And I'm, I don't want to tight grip any longer. So I want you to think about, what is it you're gripping right now? Some of you are gripping, obviously, worry. You know, it's just the overall theme for all of us. We've had two years of this supply chain stuff and scarcity stuff, and it's just, and, and, and some of you, well, some of you just need to shut off some things out of your life so you don't, those voices come in. So that might be something God's speaking to you, maybe. But what is it really, what's, what's waking you up in the middle of the night? What's gripping you right now? You know, you've heard it before. You've you got to name it to, t- to tame it. So think about that. What is that? It might be a what, but it might be a who. It might be your marriage that you're tight gripping. It might be a, you as a parent, you've seen your kids get older and you've seen the choices they're making. You're just like, ah, and you're gripping your kid. Uh, when you were a kid, did that help when your parents clinged on you? Not really, but it's a trust thing. See, notice that you're not letting go of them. You're just holding them with an open hand. There's still a responsibility here. You still have a role in people's lives. It's not quitting. It's surrendering. I'm not going to tight grip my health any longer. 
I'm not going to tight grip my, my 401k that's not doing great right now or my business. I'm not going to tight grip my, my job. You got a great job or maybe you have a horrible job. But Lord, I, I'm going to hold it with an open hand. I'm not going to quit on life. Because I think what happens is the more we tight grip, the harder it is to keep it all in control. And then we, we all, all, tragically, people did this week, is just let it all go. And they gave up completely. We don't want to, we don't want to see that in our life. None of us do. But as we hold it all with an open hand, can we believe, as we're giving it as much as we can, that the one arm are no longer keeping dry, that we give it all, then what's amazing is that we trust in a God of abundance. The God who meets all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So what is God abundant in? Everything. He's abundant in love. He's abundant in peace. He's abundant in strength. He's abundant in wisdom. Some of you are going, I don't know what to do. He has an answer. He's infinite in his power and his wisdom and his strength and his love. He is sovereign and is wanting to meet your needs. But remember, it's not all for you to be and turn it on to be generous to the people around you. And so we all hold what he gives, even the best what he gives with an open hand for the opportunity that will open hearts. And so before we see hearts open with our open handedness, maybe you're here today and you're going, I'm, I'm grip, the grip that's around my hands is really connected to my heart. I have a tough time letting go. Because as much as we're celebrating moms today, the mama, the trauma, and the drama go together. And you might be feeling that today. You might be a mom and you're struggling and in pain. It's just hold your life with an open hand. Let's pray together. Lord, here we are, palms up. The palms up. And, 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 you know, it's easy, Lord, easier to do this in church because other people are doing it. It's kind of what you do. You hold hand, you hold, you open hands, and you just, we, it's a sign of surrender. And, Lord, we, we, we kind of know the drill, Lord. We've, we've done this before, but what if it's just brand new? What if it's just fresh right now? Because these are still concerns we have. What's represented in these hands is the stuff. It might be possessions. It, it, there's, there's positions, there's, there's, there's roles and responsibilities that we have that, that we're not to let go, Lord. You're not, unless, Lord, you dramatically shift that in our heart to quit. But, Lord, you're not quitting. We're not, we're not escaping. We would be called into what's next. That's not it, Lord, for some. But we hold it. We're not going to grip it any longer. We're not going to grip the stuff any longer. We're not going to grip the people in our life any longer. The, 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 the people like maybe our boss or maybe the person we work with, our neighbor, they're just, just hard to be, get along with, Lord, and we're gripped by them. Lord, we, we let them go. We, we release them. Father, for, for those we love and those we grip onto because we, we don't want harm for them and we want the best for them, and that's all good reasons, Lord, but we're gripping them a little bit. Lord, we, we, we release our, our grip, but we still hold them all with an open hand to you. But most importantly, there might be some in this room 
say what they're holding on to their, is their own heart. And they're, they're, they're death-gripping their own heart. And, and this morning, what they truly need to do is, is to give all, to love you all, with all their, their body, soul, and spirit all to you. Not leaving it one arm, one limb wet. All submitted to you. And I pray that over anyone here that hasn't received Jesus to be the Lord and Savior. Today, they come, arms, hands, open wide to you. Lord, thank you for this direction you're going to send us into. Lord, that as individuals, Lord, what would it be like, God, as, as we would be generous followers of you, we would find this incredible joy and liberty that we'd find in this world and society of scarcity, that we, we would go into the world and with, with lightness and heart and, and, and help, Lord. Not that we would uh, relinquish any responsibilities, but we become a little bit lighthearted because we're light-handed for what you have, Lord. What would that happen? What would that look like into a community that desperately needs your hope? And we have everything you need, you've given us to be able to give generously. And there we find joy, ultimately your joy that you endured on the cross for us today because open hands lead to the open hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. I'm going to invite you to stand. And so as you stand today, we're going to do one more motion as we sing this song. You're going to go from open hands to outstretched arms today. And this isn't keeping arms out of the water and gripping it. This is letting go to what he has for you. So I invite you as we sing this song. We're going to start it off right here. Arms open wide. If you need prayer today, we'd love to pray with you before you leave. Our Care and Connection people love to do that, myself included. Have a great Mother's Day, moms. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great week. Let's sing.